Charles Bukowski. Go all the way. This is the AR Podcast. If you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. This could mean losing your girlfriends, wives, relatives, and maybe even your mind. It could mean not eating for three or four days. It could mean freezing on a park bench. It could mean jail. It could mean derision. It could mean mockery, isolation. Isolation is the gift. All the others are a test of your endurance, of how much you really want to do it. And you'll do it, despite rejection and the worst odds. And it will be better than anything else you can imagine. If you're going to try, go all the way. There's no other feeling like that. You'll be alone with the gods, and the nights will flame with fire. You will ride life straight to perfect laughter. It's the only good fight there is. You just need one person to listen, get your message, and pass it on to someone else.
and you've doubled your audience. Robert Gerrish. The sorcerers came. The day the sorcerers came, that day the sorcerers landed, hundreds of them, golden, silent, coming down from the sky like great snowflakes, and the people of earth stood and stared as they descended, waiting dry mouthed to find out what waited inside for us, and none of us knowing if we would be here tomorrow. But you didn't know this, because that day the day the sorcerers came, by some coincidence, was the day that the graves gave up their dead, and the zombies pushed up through soft earth, or erupted, shambling and dull-eyed, unstoppable, came towards us, the living, and we screamed and ran. But you did not notice this, because on the saucer day, which was zombie day, it was Ragnarok also. And the television screens showed us a ship built of dead man nails, a serpent, a wolf, all bigger than the mind could hold, and the cameraman could not get far enough away, and then the gods came out. But you did not notice them coming because, on the saucer zombie battling gods day, the floodgates broke, and each of us was engulfed by genies and spirits, offering us wishes and wonders and eternities and charms and cleverness and true brave hearts and pots of gold while giants fifo formed across the land and killer bees but you had no idea of any of this because that day the saucer day the zombie day the ragnarok and the fairies day the day the great winds came the snows and the cities turned to crystal the day all plants died Plastics dissolved the day the computers turned, the screen telling us we would obey, the day angels, drunk and muddled, stumbled from the bars, and all the bells of London were sounded, the day animals spoke to us in Assyrian, the Yeti day, the fluttering capes and arrival of the time machine day, you didn't notice any of this, because you were sitting in your room, not doing anything, not even reading, not really, just looking at your telephone. Wondering if I was going to call. <laughs> This was the day the sorcerers came by Neil Gaiman. Hey everybody, this is your host Ali Ruskash, and boy, do I have an amazing episode lineup for you. It didn't take a lot of convincing to have this guest on the podcast, simply because he's a podcaster himself, a great conversationalist. He's One of those people you don't get tired of talking to. We talked about podcasts, movies, books, and a lot more. So, without further ado, please welcome Taha Hussein-Najad. This is the AR Podcast.
every now and then when I do a podcast and I sit in front of my guest, I feel intimidated and I feel kind of scared to talk to my guest because it's it's pretty obvious. Like, you know, the people I talk to are usually the kind of people that you don't really, like, I have no idea sure. how they come up with the stuff that they do. So, um, but now I feel like I've, you know, sat in front of a friend. Yeah, like, you know, I, like you do podcasts, <laughs> I do podcasts, and I understand how you do it, and you kind of understand how I do it. So, uh, it's not, I don't have a lot of stress going into this. I'm glad you say that. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, so, can you just, like, begin by saying how you got into podcasts? What made you want to go into it? Sure. Um, well, i got to go a little bit back, because... Um, I have this love for cinema mm -hmm. and I want to uh, like pursue that love since I remember. Um, it's been always a dream of mine to make movies, but more than that, just tell stories. Yeah. And so one of the ways I started learning about cinema was on the Internet. Mm -hmm. It was YouTube and and websites like nofilmschool.com. Uh, I fell in love with video essays first because uh, it's kind of this new form of education that has been brought up through YouTube yeah. and Vimeo. So I started watching videos and I realized I've been learning a lot about making movies and writing through conversations that were recorded and were uploaded to YouTube. Uh, there's this channel called DP30. Yeah. Uh, there's this journalist who uh, interviews people when their movie comes out, and he focuses on uh, the craft. You know, not not the typical questions that you ask uh, when you're promoting a movie, but how you make a movie. You know, how does how's how's the process? And, and that's very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, when you watch like an hour episode of uh, like uh, a discussion with Quentin Tarantino mm -hmm. and he talks about how he makes movies, how he how uh, what's his process, you know. Yeah. And so through that, I was kind of like, you know, you go into a wormhole, you know, it's yeah. a rabbit hole, you yeah. know, you follow it. And then you reach some other video that has like 100 views, but it's also... That's YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's YouTube. YouTube yeah, so, so one day I was like following the rabbit hole and I uh, I discovered a video. It was from the WTF podcast, but it wasn't a video. It was just like an album art and then an audio. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was a discussion with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, one of my favorite filmmakers yeah. and it was like a two-hour discussion and I that was my introduction to podcasting you know what what podcasts are yeah. it was actually through YouTube a video that wasn't really a video yeah. and um, I learned a lot about how Paul Thomas Anderson thinks when I listened to that episode and how, I said how amazing was it for you yeah it was it was like it's like um, he's talking to you. It was it's like I had a resource that I didn't know existed, you know? Yeah. Like, I can learn stuff from Paul Thomas Anderson without even meeting him, you know? And then try to incorporate those into my own work. So, I listen. I, I think to this day I've listened to that episode like 
2,000 times because I listened to it over and over again. But that was kind of my introduction to the WTF podcast. And I went uh, to the directory of that podcast and I realized that a lot of actually people that that I follow their work have been a guest on that podcast. So I listened to those episodes and then that was kind of my introduction to uh, the podcast world as a listener. And... Of course, later on, Joe Rogan's podcast came up. Of course, and that's that's wow. yeah. <laughs> Joe Rogan uh, was uh, one of those like uh, I don't I don't imagine he listens to my podcast, but uh, but he is like if uh, like he ever does like I'm, I have to say this he was the person that got me into podcasts. Exactly. Like uh, he is uh, like when I was uh, the first time I started listening to Joe Rogan, I understood that he's this great conversationalist that mm-hmm. can talk. For hours with his guests, and the guest doesn't really say anything because he knows he's, he's engaged in this conversation. Both of them love what they're doing, exactly. and uh, like Jorgen's, you, you know, Jorgen's job is not, you know, he's not a, like a professional host no, in, a in a podcast. No, he's a comedian. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, com- his, MMA commentator. Exactly. Yeah. His profession is something completely different, but he loves doing this because he loves sitting down and talking to people and understanding people. And this is exactly what what like you know got me into into coming on and doing the podcast. Yeah, I think his most uh, valuable uh, quality is his it's his uh, his curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really you you can feel like he's really curious about the person that's sitting in front of him. Yeah. You know, he wants to he I don't want to say learn, but he wants to understand. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you, you you feel that you get that in every episode that he has, even when he's like talking to his friends. You know, he has a lot of episodes where like comedian friends come over. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, Joe Which Rogan, are, uh, yeah. for me, the best episodes. Yeah, yeah. actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that you know, learning about those podcasts and learning from them was kind of like. Uh, uh, no, the the gates opened, you know, <laughs> and, I, I, and the I, content. Yeah, the you content. Have like thousands and thousands of exactly. podcasts. Exactly. So, I don't know when, but at one point, I realized that we don't have any such resource for Iranian filmmakers. You know, we have like uh, programs on TV and on the internet uh, for. Uh, cinema but it's not really a practical approach to filmmaking kind of content you know if i'm a a student of film and i want to know how say askar farhadi makes movies i still have to go listen to his english interviews that he has like in zurich or someplace else he has a master class if you can find him you know there's no like uh persian content for uh, people like me to learn about cinema from Iranian filmmakers. How 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 does Askar Farhadi write a screenplay? No one knows. You know, if you want to understand, you have to like know English and find the one that the masterclass that he did in Amsterdam, <laughs> let's say, and uh, learn that way. But if you uh, like, say you're in Yazd and <laughs> you want to know how like Kianush Ayari like thinks about movies and how what's his process, you know. You don't have any resource. Yeah. So uh, the first idea came from just creating a project for, for this reason, you know, for this exact reason. Then came, okay, what, what could be the best medium? Mm-hmm. I knew 
Well, video, first of all, it has a lot of production value that you have to take into account. And with that comes uh, a lot of uh, budget that you need. Um, and second of all, when you spend a lot of money creating the content, you have to have some kind of market value for that. You know, you have to create a content so that it will engage a lot of eyeballs. And if you want to engage a lot of eyeballs, you have to uh, tailor that content to a broader audience. That's why when you watch like TV programs in Iran that are about cinema, they don't really focus on the practical craft content. They focus on like the 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 conflicts between the actor and the yeah. uh, the producer, and you know the what do you call it like uh, the buzz, you know what something that like when ordinary people will get excited about. Oh, they the they're talking about each other, you know. It gets ordinary people that just go to cinema and watch movies uh, interested, you know. Uh, But if you want to, like, have a very uh, narrow, like, audience, uh, you can't spend a lot of money then because you don't have any return from that. But podcasts give you uh, that opportunity, you know, you can have a narrow niche audience in a podcast, you know, because you're not spending a lot and you're not giving a lot to a broader audience, but that narrow audience will love you forever and will follow you and will benefit from your content, you know. And, and the fact that it's like completely free to access. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, because I'm, because I'm not paying a lot of anything to get your content, um, I don't want something entertaining in return. I want something... I, I just come to you if I want to learn something, you know? I'm t- just talking about my podcast, you know? They might be in, in uh, the next few years a lot of, like, entertaining podcasts that sure. will uh, cater to a lot of uh, a broader audience, of course. But that's one thing. And the other thing is podcasts allow you to consume your content whenever you want, wherever you want, however you want. If I'm like putting a uh, a an hour long discussion on TV or on the on even on YouTube, uh, there's this thing about video. It, it demands attention. You know, you have to sit in front of your computer, your TV, in the cinema, and you have to give it your one hundred percent attention to get the message. Uh, that's the thing about video. But podcasts are not audio is not like this. You can actually like do do your chores and then like uh, listen to podcasts and then and, and actually get the the message too. You know, yeah. so uh, it's it's easier to consume. So that that was the other reason that I uh, chose podcasts. You know, because you can't ask like uh, anyone to. Uh, it's a lot to ask someone to sit sit in front of the computer and watch two hour long discussion about how like Keanu Shayeri uh, structures a uh, a script, yeah. you know. But if you put it in a podcast and they can listen to it in the metro, yeah, you know, yeah. they, 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 a lot of what, what a lot more working? people would uh, yeah, right. sign up for that. You know, yeah, I listened to that episode basically. Uh, uh, I did that today. Yeah, and okay, so. uh, because. Uh, First of all, I was coming here. I wanted to know about you more. And uh, I listened to the podcast because 
it felt to me like you know but, but let me tell you something like this is a some sort of a background story um I wanted to start my podcast, but I didn't really know where to start and how to start it, right? So I didn't have any equipment. I didn't know, like, you know, how am I supposed to, like, I have no idea. So what I did was that because uh, prior to that, I uh, I did, like, some uh, voiceover, uh, like, you know, stuff and, like, on uh, some uh, programs and uh, I did video editing. So I, I knew how to deal with this, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know how to in terms of equipment. So I started listening to uh, some of the Iranian podcasts. Of course, we know all we all know Channel B, and Channel B is like one of the uh, most uh, like uh, important podcasts that yeah. are happening, like is happening in Iran. And uh, and then I listened to your podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened that I listened to your podcast. Maybe it was uh, the podcast app just showing me some like you know related like you know podcast in in, in your language or something. And uh, I listened, I started listening to this, and uh, I was like, "Wow, this guy is a professional." It's, when you when you listen to the podcast, it sounds like he's doing it in a studio. This is exactly like what. And uh, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine. I was like, I, "If I want to do a podcast, I need to be in a studio." Like this, mm-hmm. this was the <laughs> beginning of yeah. And then, uh, of course, like I did uh, my uh, f- a couple of first episodes with my uh, phone. Like you know, you can uh, record your phone, you yeah, know, your so. voice on, on your phone, and it's. Um, it's a pretty good quality if you know how to edit it, basically. And uh, this is basically the beginning. This is how I know you because I started like you know. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I started with uh, everything. Started with this jealousy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it in the studio, and it was it was um, but it was it was pretty fun uh, for me to start a you know project like this and to get to know the other podcasters. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's even more uh, important, and at the same time, it's very exciting for uh, I think for us. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so thank you so much to, for you know for, You're the, for the stuff that you just and told just me. for the record, yeah. um, no one needs an, no one needs a studio to yes, make a podcast. Yes. You know, just take that, a recorder, a, anything. You know, that, I think start. that was a mistake for me. Like, because every now and then I'm, you understand it now. I completely understand it now. Yeah, when, yeah. But when you want to start, you know, if, even if you want to like learn to play guitar, you you think you have to have yes, the best guitar yes. in the world. I don't know what it is. It's, Just uh, pick up a guitar and play. Exactly. <laughs> I, I want to learn tennis. And mm. the first thing that popped in my, into my head, I was like... Uh, What's the best racket? Exactly. <laughs> yes. This guy has this racket. And I have... I, I don't. I, of course, I was a kid back then. But uh, you don't really need to have it. You can do it with a phone. Anybody has... A, like, everybody has a phone now. Like, you know, if you have a recording in your phone, you can record any voice anywhere. So uh, nothing should be, like, in the way of you developing some, you know, skills, basically. Mm. So, uh, thank you so much. So, how did you come up with the name Paprika? Paprika is actually a name I came up with for my uh, social network uh, presence, you know. Uh, I have an Instagram account with the same name, um, Paprika, because I do a lot of photography and I put it on Instagram. Uh, that name kind of became uh, my, like, nickname in, okay. in, in school and in my group of friends. They would call me, like, Paprika. And <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the name Paprika came from, actually, my favorite anime. It's mm-hmm. a Japanese anime directed by Satoshi Kon. I, I, I don't know why I love that anime so much. I'm not really a anime freak. Like, I don't watch every anime in the world. Like, I know people that do. Yeah. But that movie... That anime uh, actually like uh, was one of the uh, art pieces in this world that affected me. You know, yeah. it talks about dreams and mind, how minds work, and uh, not just dreams that you see while you are asleep, but dreams that you have while you're awake. You know, 
and um, it's kind of became like I just like the way it sounds. You know, it's not really a satisfying answer. I know, <laughs> but it's yeah. just it's just a name that came to me in a very special way. Uh, you know? When I and then when you, I wanted to create a podcast, I just felt like that's what I wanted to be. You know, paprika. This is what people know me. Yeah, you know. From. So uh, I've, I've seen your Instagram Instagram account, and it's got some. Uh, very like you know, I'm not gonna say amazing because I don't really like the word mm-hmm. uh, the adjective amazing because it mm-hmm. just feels doesn't like you mean know, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really amazing like you know, uh, it's got really uh, like um, I can't come up with any better adjective mm-hmm. amazing or like you know a pictures and uh, for me when I first saw your Instagram and and then I uh, you know got to know you better a little bit on on Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I would say that you didn't live in Iran. This this is what, yeah. what I had in mind. Like, you know, yeah. this guy doesn't live in Iran. He lives in Canada, of course. And um, so he, how does he get his guests to go to Canada? Like, this was my, like, I was like, how does he do this? Yeah, if you look at my Instagram account from like the last 50 photos and then uh, listen to my podcast, it, it, I, I would understand why you would think that. I'm like, you know? uh, I can't get my guests to come he- like in, in <laughs> Iran to have a, have a podcast with me. He does it in, in Canada. So it's pretty funny because uh, you say uh, people, some uh, some of your friends know you by the name Paprika. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saved your number as Taha Paprika. Cool. So, yeah, uh, because I didn't, at the time, I didn't know your last name. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fine. So let, let it just, you know, be Paprika. So it's it's fine. So then so I, sure, yeah, people call absolutely. you Paprika like all yeah. the time. So I'm going to call you Paprika from now on. No, I'm kidding. Anyways, um, so you're a movie fan. Yeah. And uh, you just said who your uh, favorite director was. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is the movie Drive by Nicholas Winding Refn. Drive? It's, uh, it's, Do I know that movie? Yeah, I think it, you know uh, Ryan Gosling plays oh of course it. yeah I know that movie yeah, yeah the one with the scorpion on his back yes yes yeah, uh, that's my favorite movie that's my number one movie why do you like that movie so much it's just what movies should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and more than that it's the kind of movie that I always wanted to make you know there are two types of movie that you like you know if you're a filmmaker there are two types of movie that you like there are types of movie that uh, you see you really enjoy and you like um, you adore mm-hmm. but there are also the kind of movies that you you watch them and you say I wish I had made that movie yeah. you know Drive is that for me okay. like if I can make a movie as good as that and feel that feels like that movie mm-hmm. I'm done okay you know? uh, but there are mo- other movies like of course like Goodfellas from Scorsese, you know, I never want to make a movie like Goodfellas, but I love that movie, you know, yeah. I learned a lot from that movie. Um, there's, uh, do you, have you seen the movie Her? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. that was the other the other one that I said, I wish I, I made that movie, you know. That's the kind of movie. You mean I like, you know, make. the kind of movies that, like, when you look at every aspect of that movie, you mm. feel like that movie is perfect. Exactly. Okay. I have that feeling with the movie Fight Club. Mm. Uh, for me, Fight Club, uh, is the perfect movie, like hundred percent perfect. Like, I love there's, that movie. There's nothing like if I could change one thing in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, would be nothing, basically. Like okay. th- there's nothing I can change. Have you to... read the book? 
Uh, I have read the book, yes, and I, I like you know the, the book. The, the book is even more interesting for me. Like oh, when, 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 yeah, yeah, when you because uh, for me it's the other way. If I read the book first and then watch the movie, I think that the movie becomes more interesting. I don't know. I think that it's got some sort of an effect. Mm-hmm. But I like the because the thing is when you're reading a book, you're kind of imagining stuff in your head, and uh, for me, the book g- gave me a lot more. Like it made you know it went more into detail a little bit. And it made me imagine some of the stuff that hadn't happened and hadn't occurred in the movie. So, uh, yeah, but still, like, you know, the movie is still one of the greatest yeah. movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I have the same feeling with the movie The Fountain. I don't know if you watched yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Again, that movie, uh, I don't think there would be a scene that I'd like to change. Like, my, for me, that movie is complete. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, That's like one somebody, of my favorite movies. Yeah. yeah. But not um, a movie, again, that I want to make, you know? No, I see, I see. I think... Um, I don't know if I can ever make like a movie like that. It's so out of reach. You know? I think only Darren Aronofsky could make that movie. Okay. Yeah, and it, I I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Some of his movies are like that. You exactly. know, not Noah, not The Wrestler. You know, other people could have made those. Exactly. Yes. But when you see Fountain, you see if Darren Aronofsky didn't come to this world when he wasn't born. Yeah. We no one would have ever made that I movie. Com- you know? I believe that. The yes. same thing you can say about Tarantino. You know, Tarantino has all or- original ideas that if he didn't come to this world, no, th- those movies wouldn't exist. And that's what yeah. I like about them. Right. You know, some of the Tarantino characters you, you absolutely love and you think about them sometimes during the day, you know. Yeah. They come to your mind. They, they have these character traits that you see around you. And you, I always think about, like, how important is Tarantino because... If he didn't create that character, no one would have come up with that, you know? They're so unique. They're so... Uh, and at the same time, they're so us, you know? <laughs> you, you can understand them. You can, yeah. you, they're real, you know? In the, in the movie um, Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the movie, there's this discussion about uh, the difference between uh the united states and europe and uh it's uh, this guy um, they're, talk- they're talking about big macs and uh quarter pounder with cheese yeah yeah and he's like quarter pounder with cheese yeah. like he's, he's very excited about it uh that uh dialogue for me is uh real it just feels real like if two people who are really talking about this right. this subject would sit down and talk about the subject they would come to this like you know maybe they would come to the like you know quarter pounder with cheese at some point at the, yeah. end of the conversation <laughs> So what's in? Uh, yeah, let me sure. just say something about Please. that scene because I love that scene, Please but not me. because of uh, the things they say, but because the genius behind that scene is that you're you're first of all it's an introduction to those characters, you know, yeah. and you witness two people that are basically going to work. You know, mm-hmm. what do people talk about when they're going to work? Stupid stuff, exactly. you know, <laughs> like quarter pounder with cheese and like exactly. where I went yeah, to right. this travel, I, I did this and that, mm-hmm. that did that and this is interesting. I, this was so different in Amsterdam and stuff. And then immediately you feel like they're one of one of us, you know, they're they're so approachable at that point. You feel like you, you're seeing your friends on screen, you know, they're so normal. But then you realize that they're actually like killers, you know, <laughs> they're actually yeah, like go, going going exactly. to do some bad things that you will get horrified. But you can't stop loving them because of that scene, you know, you're so connected with them at that point. Yeah. They're so normal. They're, so, they're just people going to work, you know, but their work is like going to kill those 
people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, well, like, you know, and again, like in that scene, uh, after they get out of the, like, the, the car and they start moving towards that, towards the, towards the, uh, building i guess they go inside this uh little like you know a hall and then they i think they just the foot stop. massage no? they, they, they're talking about something and then they stop and uh one of them goes well, like you know uh, let's talk about this a little bit more something like that mm-hmm. and they, they go further a little bit yeah. like we, we don't go with them meaning the the uh the camera the, the camera stopped and mm-hmm. you can see them just like moving along yeah. and they're talking about something mm-hmm. and then they come back meaning they're still talking like you know the fact that they are supposed to be doing a job and they're still talking about yeah. some, that that, exactly. that that scene is like one of the best things ever yeah, for me that's it. yeah uh, uh talking about movies i have came come up with this in, in like mini game yeah mm-hmm. i don't i don't usually do this but again i told you i felt like i'm going to a friend today so okay. I, I came up with this mini game i'm gonna uh, ask you uh, like a couple of like you know i'm gonna tell you a couple of quotes from mm-hmm. different movies and uh, let's see if you know the movie's based on a quote. Yeah. Fine. So I know like This is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not, yeah. I don't have a good memory. What if, I, what if I've made a mistake? Okay. I'm really, okay. So um, the first one, don't, don't see, see what I've written down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the first one is, so I don't want to be product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Is it The Departed? Yes, it is. Sure. Jack Nicholson, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Okay, fine. So you got this correct. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, as we go to the like next, I think uh, it will get a little bit more interesting. Okay. Um, the greatest trick that the devil... Usual suspect. Yeah. <laughs> the devil ever fooled was yeah. uh, convincing the world that he didn't exist. Which yeah. is one That's of actually greatest. one of my favorite movies thank too. You, you know? thank, thank you for bringing you so that up. Much. Oh my God, the usual suspect. Yeah, this, oh, come on, man. It's one That's, of the best movies ever. Yeah. Talk about like scripts that... Okay, they say that cinema is... The, the, the greatest uh, beauty of cinema is that it can manipulate audiences. You know, okay. it can trick you. It could trick you into liking someone like Tarantino did with that scene. Okay, it could trick you into believing something that's not true. And that movie proves it, you know, because it manipulates you as an audience throughout the whole movie, you know. Yeah. And it's all done with the, with, the, with the craftsmanship that's behind it, you know. You think that uh, you know everything as the detective does. Yeah. But you know nothing, really, yeah. you know? It's you just like it's at the very last second of the movie that exactly. you understand, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's now, of course, spoiler. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> say anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, my God. Uh, that's one of the good... Yeah, chills, of course. Man. Yeah, exactly. Every time I talk about it. Uh, Kevin Spacey, of course. Like, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, let's go to the uh, next one. What's the most resilient parasite? Bacteria? A virus? An intestinal worm? No. It's an idea. I don't know this one. Resilient. Highly contagious. I can even see... Oh, Inception. Yes, right? it is. Okay. <laughs> I can even see Leonardo Di- yeah. you know, DiCaprio saying, yeah, saying exactly, something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, of course, it's from Inception. Mm-hmm. And Leo DiCaprio, of course. Uh, and the last one. Okay, this is a... Uh, Okay, fine. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe you don't. Let's, let's see. Let's try it. Death is a disease. It's like any other. And there's a cure. 
and I'll find it. Counting? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay That's fine, cheating because yes. we talked is, about yeah, it. Yeah, we did talk about if it. If we didn't talk about it, there was never, never like a chance I, w- I would guess that. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, maybe not. Yeah. Or maybe okay. yes. <laughs> But still, uh, Darren Aronofsky, I, th- I, b- I believe when he wants to come up with a, a, like a subject to have a movie based on, uh, he sits down and he, I'm like, I'm not sure that he does this, but I'm, this is what I think, that he sits down and he, he thinks, he says, what happens inside this guy's head? Fine. Even with the movie, which I didn't really like, uh, Noah. Mm-hmm. Fine. He kind of saw this from another point of uh, point of view, another perspective, maybe into this. And uh, like you know, uh, there's a scene in the movie Noah, and the, the guy is in. Uh, of course, Noah is in the uh, is in is in uh, deep in, in like you know in, in the depth of a sea. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's having this sort of a dream or something, mm-hmm. and then he's in a sea, and like you know you can see him floating in the water, like. When you let's pause that for a second and look at the look at the picture here, uh, this is showing like in terms of psychology, like you would understand that this guy is depressed, mm-hmm. is so depressed that he feels himself that he's inside, like he's in the depth mm-hmm. of an ocean mm-hmm. that he he can't really do anything about. He's floating in the ocean. And so the that pressure. means exactly the depression is so much that maybe he, he's imagining some of this stuff. Because when he comes back to water, when he wakes up, he comes up with a, a, like a, with some sort of an idea. He goes, oh, uh, there's this uh, flood coming. Fine. Mm-hmm. For me, that was, a, that, was a, like, that was the best point of the movie, basically. To understand that, hey, maybe Noah was uh, somebody who was uh, just like us, a human being. But he was suffering from something terrible like depression. And this is why he came up with, the, with that idea. Fine. Mm-hmm. This is why I like Darren Aronofsky so much. Again, Quentin Tarantino, I believe he, not only he creates his characters, he lives his characters. Mm-hmm. And this is why I love him so much. He, um, I'm pretty sure when he came up with the character Vincent Vega in, uh, yeah, in the Pulp uh, Fiction, he must have lived with the, you know, with the character. Or he must have lived the character, basically. To know each and every trait, to know each and every move that he does. And, uh, yeah, maybe this is why he's so, uh, like, you know, he's like a legend in, exactly. in Hollywood. Yeah, um, there's all, first of all, for Darren Aronofsky, there's always uh, something psychological about yeah. his movies, you know? I can really uh, understand how you would, like, think about Noah that way. And uh, the thing about that movie that I don't like is that it gets too fant- fantasy-like, yes, yeah, you know? Yes, you're right, yeah. Like Ridley Scott did a uh, Moses movie. What was it called? I don't know. Like uh, the the the, the, uh, the the famous story of Moses and uh, the Pharaoh and you know crossing the Nile. But he really took it down a notch on the fantasy. You know, it it he created this movie that was like probable. You know, all the things that happened, although like it was spiritual and stuff. Um. I would have thought like someone what like Darren Aronofsky would have done that, you know. <clears throat> and of course, like Noah is like a two two sentence story in the Bible, you know, in the Old yeah. Testament. Like uh, he had to add a lot of details that no one would ever come up with, you know. That was interesting. Uh, I like the character of what was the the uh, Anthony Hopkins character in that movie. Uh, I, I I wouldn't know the name right now. Yeah, I, I like that character. Yeah. You know, that was interesting. It's uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's actually a character that is referenced in the Old Testament, but it's not like 
uh, expanded upon. You know, he and he created a character. It was actually uh, uh, the character was so well written that they're actually making a movie based on a based oh, on wow. that character. Yeah, okay. I, I forget the name of that character. It has it had a good name too. And um, so uh, Tarantino said famously that he puts a piece of himself in every character, you know, and he doesn't do that uh, consciously, you know. If you're a good writer, this is what I learned from people talking about it, you know, good writers talking about their craft. If you're a good writer, you actually uh, have to be truthful to who you are. And if you write that way, even if you're writing a villain you're writing from somewhere within yourself you know and the best villains are those who you can understand why they think that way you know the joker i don't know about this movie new movie that they're making about him but it's probably like an origin story but um the joker you can um understand why someone in this world would act that way because you've seen people act that way all around the world yeah you know it doesn't mean that christopher nolan is like joker but it came the the joker character comes from someplace within a human being that exists you know it's just that part becomes a character you know and when you say winston vega is uh you know tarantino must have lived that character i would say that not necessarily but of course like there's some part of tarantino in that character you know uh, some part that every human being can understand you know why he would do that the things he did um of course you know it's a two-hour movie two and a half hour movie you can't like expand on every parts of uh the character but I think they did, he did a pretty good job. Another thing about public pop fiction <laughs> that is interesting is that it plays with time, you know? Mm-hmm. Some things that you see at the end of the movie, if you put it chronologically, yeah. it will happen way, way before. Yeah. Um, but the audience doesn't really understand this playing with time until like two-thirds of the movie, yeah. you know? You see John Travolta getting killed, Vincent Vega, but, but st- he's still, he, he's the, still the in the movie, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, one, one third of the movie is dead, and then you still see him. And then, uh, the, it's like the movie is always, like, a step ahead of its audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that I learned that makes movies interesting, you know? You always think that you have to catch up with something, yeah. you know? And that keeps you uh, engaged. That's and something I'm, that we don't really see often in our exactly. cinema. It doesn't. It, it, do we have any movies like that? Meaning, like in Iran? In Iran, not really. Can you think of something, a name maybe. Uh, nothing comes to my mind, but let me think about it. Not really. I don't think so. Yeah. Again, something that is, I think, uh, the Iranian cinema is suffering from. Yeah, ninety-nine percent of the Iranian movies that I watch. They lose my interest within fifteen minutes. You're right. Yeah. You know? Because these are the thing is, the the fact that these characters are believable, mm-hmm. fine, makes you want to go for it. You makes you want to watch it, fine. Um, what was that movie? The um, 
Yes, the Inglorious Masters mm-hmm. with, uh, of course, with Tarantino again. Yep. Uh, we get that um, character that is a Nazi, mm-hmm. fine. And this guy, uh, I forgot his name. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz, yes. Yeah. Aldo. Waltz, now, Aldo is uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, Chris, what was the character of Christoph Waltz? Christoph Waltz. Uh, uh, I have forgotten. Okay. But Christoph Waltz, movie, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christoph Waltz in this movie. Christoph Waltz in this movie. He plays this character, and you believe that this guy is him. Like, you know, the guy that he's portraying is living inside, you know, this this person that you're seeing. And this can ne- not be possible if if uh, the di- director of the, mo- of the movie wasn't as good as, uh, mm-hmm. of course, uh, you know, uh, somebody like Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he can come up with a character like that, uh, I'm talking about uh, Christopher Waltz. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty. I'm pretty sure it's because of the director that is, that, that you know that has happened. And one of the reasons that I was pretty shocked that uh, Christopher Waltz won the Oscars, mm-hmm. won the Oscar for that for that role, and then but. Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino didn't win the Oscar for that for the movie in Glorious Passes was was basically this. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you think about uh, Terrence Malick? Terrence Malick is again one of my favorite directors, but you know he makes movies. Um, how can I put this in an elegant way? Um, He's poet, you know. Yeah. He his movies are poetry, basically. Yeah. You don't have to approach them like you approach a movie like Pulp Fiction yeah. or even like Avengers or even her. Yeah. You know, her uh, Avengers and Pulp Pulp Fiction have one thing in common, and that's a structured story. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. but poetry doesn't do what story does. Poetry is about feeling, you know. It's about conveying some kind of idea through feeling, you know. It's not not for someone who wants to just sit down, go through it page by page, seeing how it will end, you know. That's how Terrence Malick's movies are, you know. For example, Tree of Life is one of my favorite movies but I only watch that movie when I want to just feel something that it's different from the life I'm having you know yeah. it takes me to a world but not through like story it, it's it's I don't know if I'm putting this right you know do you, do you know what I mean exactly like, I do know basically okay. this is exactly what I get when I mm-hmm. uh, you know watch uh, his movies because uh for me, he's like no other director out there. And his movies are like no other movies out there. Like It's, it's so unique. It's, it's very unique. And if you want to have a relaxing evening, you just want to sit down and watch a movie that makes you feel good mm-hmm. about yourself, about life, about everything, you would sit down and wa- watch one of his movies. It, it, it's just it's beyond amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing is, what I like about his movies is that in a movie, let's uh, compare, for example, the movie uh, Avengers, for example, mm-hmm. With um, one of the, one of his movies, uh, let's say Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. Fine. In the movie Avengers, what you get is a storyline, mm-hmm. fine, and it's very linear. Meaning, uh, this happens, then this happens exactly. because of this. This that happens, happens and, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
There are no twists, mm-hmm. meaning there could be twists in the storyline, but there couldn't be twists psychologically. You would you would say what hap- what happened? What happened at the end of the movie? I didn't understand. But his movies, you need to sit down and realize. Like you know, sometimes you just need to sit down and say, okay, fine, I watched this movie. I didn't understand anything from it. Maybe I need to have I need to go for a second view of the movie to understand what's going on. And then after like a couple of hours, maybe even a couple of days you would finally come to the realization. You say, oh my God, this movie was about this then. Like, you know, uh, and this is what I value when, when I'm watching a movie. The first time I watched the movie, um, The Fountain. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, I was like, okay, uh, so uh, I cool, didn't quite understand what happened yeah. in the movie. Or maybe but, you understand, but then you watch it again and you, you realize that it wasn't about that. Exactly. It's actually about something you else. You might not believe no? this. <laughs> I, I've, I always say this. Um, the movie, um, What's the Time in Your World? Fine. Um, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, basically. Uh, makes you think. At the end of the movie, you're like, okay, what happened? You kind of have that feeling. Uh, it took me almost like two hours for me to understand that, hey, maybe this happened. I, I don't want to spoil anything. And but the movie, for example, the movie Night of Cups, which is it's a Terrence Malick movie. Uh, it took me two viewings and like, almost a week to finally come to a realization of oh my god, this and that and that and that were connected, and this is why it happened. Again, uh, the movie The Fountain. You may not believe this, but it took me seven years okay. to finally realize that hey, maybe at the time I wasn't in the uh, like you know in the, like my mindset wasn't really close to uh, Darren Aronofsky's mindset but this is what I believe in when I first started watching the movie uh, the IMDb rating was as low as 7 yeah. fine and now it's 7.4 I'm not saying that you should check the IMDb uh, you know ratings for all the movies in the world but this kind of shows that maybe this movie was beyond its time meaning at the time nobody would understand it but now people are coming to re- you know realize what what the movie was all about this is what what i love about movies yeah. Not the movies that just gives you, okay, this is the ending and this is why it happened. You're like, okay, fine. Thank you so much. Maybe this is why we need another movie now to explain what happened. This is exactly what's happening with the movies like Avengers. Yeah. Like it needs another movie to explain to you what happened before or after. So basically what I value in uh, movies is exactly what I value in books. Mm-hmm. In books, you need to use your imagination to come up with like, you know, what happened here or what could have happened and uh, but there, still, there's a story. But in in movies, it's the same thing. Uh, what Terrence Malick does is that uh, it doesn't really limit you. His movies doesn't really limit you to hey, okay, this is my point of point of point of view, and you have to go with this, and this is it. No, he says, okay, fine. Here's the subject, and these are the uh, events that happened around the subject. Now it's your work to it's your job to connect these together, which is for me. Why yeah, I it le- it so lets much. you kind of expand the world in your mind, exactly. kind of like a book does. Yeah, you know when you watch uh, a film like Avengers, you know it's it could be enjoyable. Yeah, you know yeah. I enjoy of actually Marvel movies yes. too. Yeah, but it's like riding a roller coaster. You know, you yeah. have fun when you're on it, but once you step off. It's done. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what do you get out of it? Seriously, yeah. like, you you, know, you yeah. only can experience that once you go on it again. You know, you're right. Um, so that those movies are like, uh, and, and a lot of uh, like comic movies in Iran, you know, you can have a good time in those two hours, but once you get out of the theater, it's done. You know, yeah. not, not, you, you, you're just thinking about what to eat next. You know? <laughs> and, um, but 
movies like Terrence Malick, what I like about Terrence Malick is that it's also when when a scene is cut to another scene, mm-hmm. let's say shot. When a shot is cut to another shot, you can almost feel like there's a there's a third shot that could be, be between them, you know. Wow. And you have to make that with your own imagination. I like that, you know. He doesn't show you. Of course, there could be a structure there for the story, but he doesn't show you the whole story. You know, he shows you the 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 shadow on the wall. He doesn't show you the kid playing the guitar. You know, he shows you the kid playing the guitar on the porch. But later on in the movie, he just shows the porch without the kid. You know, and there's also there's a first shot between there. There's a whole story between those shots. You know, he doesn't show you that. There is a story there, but he doesn't show you. You have to make up the story, you know, yeah. with other connections that you make with the other characters. You understand the characters, yeah. but you don't fully get the the whole story, you know, at once. That's why it keeps, like, bu- bugging your head, you know. <laughs> you keep thinking about it, even, like, um, after seven years. Yeah. And I think, uh, but there's a difference between his movies and, like, someone like Darren Aronofsky. He, he still gives you... A story, you know, but the story is kind of complex, you know. He doesn't like give it to you in one bite. Yeah, right. I kind of like um, the. Have you seen the movie The Twenty One Grams? Not sure. Dead Twenty One. Of course, Twenty One Grams. Yeah. Um, again, the movie is not chronological, and it doesn't give you everything at just like one go. You you have to go step by step to understand what's going on with this woman. Mm-hmm. Why is she acting like this? And. Uh, Again, of course, there is a story, mm-hmm. but there is a so, sort of a twist here because it doesn't really, psychological twist, because it doesn't really give you everything. Yeah. And I'm saying this only because I just want to, uh, like, you know, mention that in our cinema, it's just something like this is missing, completely mm-hmm. missing. And when we get something like uh, as beautiful as the movie um, uh, What's the Time in Your World was, mm-hmm. Uh, the audience don't really engage with the, with those types of movies. They're like, oh, what happened at the end of the movie? We don't really understand. Because their tastes, they haven't tasted something like yes. this, you know. And it's kind of new, maybe. Yeah. To have some in our cinema, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, one of the reasons I did my first podcast with uh, Mr. Musafa was that he he's one of those people that uh, like even a, like a director that he doesn't give you everything. Mm-hmm. His movies are all, always about you discovering something in a movie. And uh, again, this is what I value so much. Yeah. Well, it's complex when talking about uh, Iranian cinema. It's a complicated issue because you can't just force anyone to go that route. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what I believe in Iran is that we don't really have an industry around, around movie making, filmmaking. Right. It's just, uh, you know... Cinema in Iran, if you if you want to have an industry, you have to have a good distribution. You have to have um, people who go to cinema. You ha- you need, first of all, the audience. You know, in Iran, uh, if a movie sells like uh, 20 billion toman, let's say, yep. uh, that's like if if you divide that by the, the cost of a ticket, that's like a million and a half people. Let's say everyone, every ticket is just one unique person, you know, not one person going 10 times, which happens. Um, That's only like one and a half million people out of 80 million that go to cinema. And that's the uh, highest grossing movie of all time in Iran. Like now it's actually 40 billion. 
so let's say three million people. That's nothing, yeah. you know. How can you have an industry this big, uh, and we only have like a hundred and fifty theaters, you know? Yeah. That's a joke. Yeah. And then you, if like the highest grossing film in a country has three million people uh, going to watch it, three million, let's say, unique people. How can you ask like studios, which we don't have, yeah. uh, producers to invest in movies like What's the Time in Your World? Yeah. You know, uh, um, no one would watch that. You know, and the first thing a movie needs is is an audience. You know, if you make a, the best movie but only ten people watch it, if only like ten thousand people watch it, that doesn't add up to. Uh, the business side of things you know so we have to consider that too uh people say well in hollywood they make avengers and then they make fountain too yeah. well they can afford that fountain movie that uh, doesn't sell any tickets yes you know? at a time the and then maybe later in because the market is so vast that the fountain can have a blu-ray re- release a dvd release that will actually have most of its income from that part of the industry, you know, that part of the market. Yeah. In Iran, uh, it's just every part of it is is uh, is lacking the business uh, thinking that has to be behind uh, a movie, yeah. you know. And uh, it's interesting because um, you know we always skip things. You know, the theater in in Iran didn't get to that place where it had. A good uh, industry behind it, and then as soon as cinema came and took over, uh, you know it has to mature enough to go to the next place. You know, because we didn't have theater go that route, cinema didn't go that route either. Mm-hmm. I don't but know right how now, like theater is doing, and like you know, it's getting back basically all the years that it's been. Um, yeah, well, like people the- think that way because they're selling tickets. But the tickets that are selling um, are not actually like contributing to the industry. You know, for example, we have a, a play uh, going on right now, which is a very like uh, big production play. I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Miserable? Uh, yeah, The Miserable. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but the thing is, the that's not part of the industry. Why? Because the investors are not from the theater community from the industry and once they sell tickets the revenue doesn't stay in the, in the industry it, it goes somewhere else so when it, when we say industry it means things being invested and produced from within an industry and then the money that they make will remain in the industry that that's something that will help the industry you know if you Bring money from outside, and then the revenue goes outside of an industry. That has not. That's just one of thing that happens. You know, it doesn't help the in, the the theater community, the the industry, or anything else. You know, and uh, again, the the community of theater goers in Iran is so little that if you have like uh, a big budget play happening somewhere, you're attracting these people to that theater and then the other ones are (laughs) scrambled you know they don't they're going on stage with 10 people's watching you know and i've seen this happening in these days um 
that's why you can't be like optimistic because of the ticket sales in mm-hmm. Iran. And the same thing is happening for Cinema 2, the movie that's uh, selling 40 billion. The, 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 the money that made that movie came from elsewhere and, the, and, and it's going elsewhere, you know. It's not remaining in, in the industry. It's not helping the industry at all. The only thing that's positive about this is that people are at least know they you will say like okay last year a million and a half went to cinemas this year there more people are introduced into theaters you know maybe they will remain <laughs> and then they will like like it they will like have a feeling and they will like uh, say okay let's uh, this was good this was a good experience let's watch more movies you know yeah. <laughs> next year let's uh, go to theater more yeah um the, the thing is that what i believe in is uh, iranian people are uh one of the like smartest like like you know sort of like the population ever known i'm not saying this because i'm iranian because we do understand and the thing is art comes very easily to us like you know it's very easy for me to understand art as somebody who's not really uh, like you know an, an expert in art maybe but uh, the thing is when when you talk to people uh, there's a lot of people that are, are watching different uh, types of uh, tv shows and serials and what you what i'm saying with this is that maybe like because uh, this is the like you know maybe hollywood fine producing these uh, amazing tv series and t- tv shows but the fact that we as audiences, like we, we watch and we understand some of the main, com- like, you know, some of the mo- most complex, like, you know, um, maybe diverse stories, like uh, what's uh, the, like Westworld, for example, mm-hmm. fine, which is pretty complex to sometimes be like, what's going on? And then we have a podcast dedicated to that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. to talk. So what I'm, what I'm saying is that we don't lack the knowledge. Mm-hmm. We understand. But... Um, Again, what I believe in is that inside our country, there is negativity, fine? And maybe the negativity is pushing a lot of people towards a certain type of movie, for example, comedy, fine? Mm-hmm. They just want to feel good for a like you know, a couple of hours, they just want to feel good. And this is one of the reasons maybe that they, people are investing into comedy a lot. Uh, but I believe that uh, like we, we can overcome that, meaning yeah. we can... Uh, sit down and think about a like you know a movie which is pretty complex and we can understand it like this is something that we are capable of doing mm-hmm. but we are like there's not a lot of investment yeah. going towards that anyways coming out of this coming okay. out of this I don't want to uh, you know talk uh, mostly about this what do you think about the uh, like podcast and how the podcast is like uh, is be, like becoming is become like an industry some some mm-hmm. huge what do you think about that in Iran or in Iran, Iran of course yeah. yeah. Uh, well, one of the things I was uh, really fascinated about is that how much uh, podcasts are popular in the Twitter world, you know, it <laughs> in is, the world of yes, Twitter. Yeah. You know, you go on Instagram and there's not really anything going yeah. on, but you go on Twitter and a lot of people are talking about it, you know. Yeah, you're right. That's interesting. Like, Why are Twitter users uh, more uh, familiar with podcasts? You know, yeah. that was something that was interesting about it. To me, um, but I'm really, I don't know if, I'm not really a pessimist at heart, but (laughs) but I always, like, if you look at other art forms in Iran, you see that 
the first people who started like active active uh, you know being active in that art form really didn't put the base correctly and they didn't really educate the public about it so it just happened willy-nilly you know <laughs> it didn't happen on the, uh, how it should and I'm really like uh, worried about maybe we're doing the same with podcasts too mm-hmm. you know five years ago when you said podcast everyone thought you were talking about uh, music mixes you know yeah, <laughs> like yeah people right. put that yeah you know put as a mix for their channel and mm-hmm. like different songs famous songs put it together and call it podcast and some people like started reading poetry and called it podcast i'm not really against that one but that could be a podcast yeah. too but the thing is um no one is really educating the public about what is a podcast you know yeah some may say don't define podcast podcast has no definition you know the good thing about podcasts is that they don't have any definition (laughs) but i think in uh some communities mostly like uh uh, communities like iran Mm -hmm. you have to uh when you bring something to them you have to like educate them to uh, help them understand what it is you know because in the, in in the future you want to have an industry around it, you know, or you're at least hoping for. Yeah, at least hoping for it, you know, and then you will be head to head with problems that you could have fixed early on, you know. Uh, that's what I think about the industry. It is really not an industry, an industry yet. yet, yeah, yet course, you know, yes. we don't really have the infrastructure yet. You know, not. I think the first thing that will help it is that startups will, like, emerge. But and they will recognize some of the podcasts, maybe. That's yeah. th- that's what you would think. But even they, like, sh- I'm going to name names, Shenoton, Namlik, mm-hmm. and Fidibo, they're doing it all wrong, you know? Their approach to podcasting is absolutely wrong, you know? Fidibo is putting it next to audiobooks, mm-hmm. um, and Shenoto is... Not really doing anything. They just they, uh, the thing about Shenoto is that they don't really know what they are. They don't know if they're Spotify or SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. They want to be both. You know, SoundCloud is a streaming service for music. Mm-hmm. It has been for I think ten years now, yeah. and it's the product of Spotify is the music. It's yeah. is they're selling you a subscription to get access to good music. And now podcasts. The thing about SoundCloud is that they're a social network, you know, which is around musicians and music and audio. The thing is, when you're a social network, the product isn't what you hear on the social network or on the platform. The product is a user. You know, I'm the product that that I'm me that that's using SoundCloud, and they use me. Who's their client? Advertisers. You know, the same thing YouTube is doing. You know, I'm the product of YouTube. And they're making money out of me. You know, they're selling me to advertisers. You know, my eyeballs (laughs) to advertisers. Spotify isn't doing that. You know, Spotify is streaming music and getting money based based on that. It's Netflix, you know. Now, they thought that they would have a free plan for people like me that couldn't, like, 
spend $10 a month, I don't know how much is it, it is, to do it ad-free. So they say, okay, if you come on board free, we'll show you ads. Now, I become the product then, you know, but still uh, the, the business plan is around those sub subscriptions, you know. Shenoto is none of these, you know. Shenoto doesn't know if I'm the product or the music is the product, yeah. you know. And the, something that I don't understand is that at the scale, uh, you know, when you go on to, uh, you know, becoming a podcaster and you have your podcast, um, you want to add your podcast to these uh, different like platforms that, that like is available to you. Uh, for example, the podcast app, there is a like a like instructions given to you. If you want to have your podcast in the podcast app, these are the things that you have to do. Fine. Uh, I'm not criticizing anybody. Fine. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not that easy to, for me as somebody who like, you know, just wants to put his podcast inside these uh, there applications. There's no instructions. user given. experience is bad. Yeah. It was it was a, like, you know, I had to contact them via uh Instagram and then they didn't respond so I had to contact them via uh, Twitter and they responded by saying you have to do this and that and then you have to send those so why don't you do that inside your own website so I don't have to ask you questions exactly. but um, maybe it's the beginning of the world yeah but I think this that should they should, should be fix it or they would die yeah okay fine. <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah Let's this is frank, yeah, yeah this is uh, a very valid because tomorrow opinion. just just tomorrow yeah somewhat somewhat would Someone could come up with the right way to do it and then just pass them like a rocket. Yeah. One of the, one of the things somebody uh, said, uh, I think it was a, uh, he wasn't a podcaster himself, I think. And this is what I believe in. Uh, a user on Twitter said, uh, inst like, you know, we have a lot of podcasters that will have to go through a lot of trouble to get the, like an RSS code to put it inside the podcast app. And we have to, uh, you know, pay money. Mm -hmm. And right now, the dollar rate is going up, or maybe it's coming. I have no idea. But based on the dollar rate right now, we have to pay quite a lot of money to have our podcast in a podcast app, even though this is something that we might never get anything back from. Mm -hmm. You understand? So why don't you come up with a platform that can give us the RSS code? Like, you know, we can upload it and we can use your, like, you know, space a little bit. You can, you know, if you want, you, you can ask for money, and we are very happy to give it to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, promise not to crash or anything. We are very happy to give it to you because you are from Iran and we like to support you. So have some like this, and maybe now we're talking about a platform exactly. that is capable. We, do, we don't have anything yeah. like this right now. Yeah, and but uh, it's about yeah. time to. I think we're gonna hear something. Hope, in the hopefully, near future. hopefully, yeah. hope that that's all. I'm just guessing, but I'm sure someone's working on this right yeah. now. Yeah, because if you're working on this, please work harder. Please. And if you listen to this podcast, of course. Uh, fine. Uh, it's. Uh, I think it's been almost an hour that we've been talking. It's, sure, I can talk about. It's. Uh, it's, for it's, hour. it's amazing. <laughs> like I, I would just sit down and talk to you. And I, and I, I, I'd like to believe that this is not the only time that we're going to meet each other. Sure, of course. I'd like to talk. Uh, You're more invited anytime. time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you want to um, tell me, like, if you like, because you're active in the. Uh, not the industry, of course. And you're active. You're active in the in podcast, mm -hmm. and you have a, a very active podcast. And I really like your podcast. But I've said this before. I'm going to say this again. Um, if you want to tell me, like, there is one podcast out there that you want me to listen to, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter if it's Iranian or like you know any other country. Tell me what's the what's the name of the podcast that you want me to? Um, listen to? I just discovered a podcast called Heavyweight. Heavyweight. Yeah. 
I think you should definitely I would love to listen to that. Even start from the first episode. It's from this guy, Jonathan Goldstein. He's been working in radio for like 20 years and now he's out. He he works in he used to work in CBS Radio in Canada. And now he's uh, working with Gimlet Media and he has a podcast called Heavyweight. He um the thing is it's kind of like a document. You're watching a documentary, you know, but it's a podcast. You know, oh, it's a, it's a documentary podcast. So he, uh, every episode, he like, uh, he has a story about someone who regrets something that happened in the past, and then they he joins that person and they like dig up the past and then they try. He tries, he's like a therapist who tries you to forgive someone or forget something or just hatch a problem with you had with someone in the past. And the first episode is about his father and his uncle, and they haven't talked to each other for like forty years, and <laughs> since the, their mother passed, they haven't talked about talk to each other uh, since like uh, the funeral mm-hmm. and he kind of like joins them and then he travels with his father to see his uncle in Flo- Florida to see why that happened you know and their their discussions and their memories of their childhood and it's interesting because we as the audience him as the host and the subjects, we all realize what happened and why it happened and how it gets fixed at the same time, you know? Yeah. It's, it's that's interesting. so that's emotional really too. Like, I was crying in the metro really? the other day. That's yeah. <laughs> and I think everyone who was watching me was like, this idiot, look at him. Like, he's listening to something and crying. What's wrong with him? It must have been a song. Yeah, yeah exactly. The love. same thing happens with Joe Rogan. I'm sometimes laughing in, in the <laughs> yes. metro by my own. I'm looking exactly. like a crazy person. Yeah, what is he, what is he laughing about? Yeah. What is he listening to? But this is a, uh, the, the first time I realized that podcast could be emotional, yeah. you know? It could trigger something inside of you uh, that you haven't experienced before. Yeah. It happens. Uh, it, it's, uh, listen to that. Yeah, heavyweight. Definitely heavyweight. I will definitely yeah. do that. And if I want to come up with a, a name right now, because uh, I was like, this is very interesting, because th- this question just came, to, uh, you know, just to me, like, mm-hmm. from the top of my head, from the top of my head, uh, I would say I'm pretty sure you've listened to the podcast Serial. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's mm. uh, the way this person investigates into exactly. this matter. It's something that like all the journalists in the world should. I think all the journalists in the world they should listen to the Serial to understand. And like, if you like sto- storytelling yeah. and storytelling, exactly yeah. yes, because it's uh, very exciting to listen to. Uh, it doesn't bore you at all. Like uh, it's it's a case that like you begin it's like to like a discover. thriller mo- novel you're reading. A, it's like, it's, it's, you like wanna... it's like an, an like you know Asghar Faridi movie kind yeah. of thing that you kind of like you're peeling the onion mm-hmm. like layer by by layer to understand what's happening to the you it know, has the twists. Court. It has yeah. Like... It does. It has. So it's uh, serial for me was fun. So heavyweight. Heavyweight. Yeah. Weight? By Jonathan yeah, Goldstein in Gimlet Media. Sure. Does he say that at the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> it, it has a, like it actually every episode has like an intro yeah. and he calls one of his like best friends uh it's always the same person but he calls her and it's the conversation on the telephone and he starts that episode like that and it's amazing <laughs> like you should like I, I the intros that. is one of the actually uh, one, of, one of the favorite parts of each episode. I would love and to. um yeah, that's that's the uh, that that's one that, that's the one I would recommend. And uh, do you like to challenge anybody? 
to, to anybody to be in, be on this podcast? Um, that's an interesting question. You can think about it and tell me later. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to challenge you to be on my new podcast. I would love to. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to sit down and okay. talk to you again. Of sure, course, that's a deal. Yeah, tell me about your new podcast, though. Um, it's a podcast. Uh, it's gonna come out next month. Yeah, it's just conversations, you know, just like this, but in Persian, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it's because, first of all, I like conversations. I like um, the thing Joe Rogan says. You know, when when do you get a chance to just sit down with someone that you're curious about yeah. and just talk and to talk, them, you, you know, know just get to know them. Yeah. And then record that, that other people get involved. And so I have Paprika podcast, which is about like cinema mm-hmm. specifically. But I felt like I needed a, another platform to talk about like anything, you know, <laughs> like I can have you on. And then next episode, I could have like a chemist on yeah, and talk about yeah. what's it about this new Uh, Nobel Prize that they gave about evolution of enzymes. You know, yeah. I want to know about that. Yeah. So let's call a chemist. You know, let's yeah. bring him here talk about that. And then you know, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. And then uh, next episode, uh, it could be like a musician or something. You know, this is a great. Uh, I think this is a great idea, and this will be a great project. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I hope it. 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 I'm uh, pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I would love to be on the podcast. So sure. anytime, just okay. like you know, text me or something. I'll sure. be on the podcast. Thank you so much for the time. Thank it you. Was, Thank you. From, for, uh, for me, it was pretty easy to convince you to come into the podcast because <laughs> you're a podcaster yourself. And um, so, thank you. Thank you so much again for the time. Thank and you. Uh, hopefully, I can have another conversation with you. Um, sure, anytime. At your in your podcast or maybe in my podcast, it doesn't really matter. Anytime. Uh, because I like sitting down and talking, talking to you. Thank you so much for it. Just it, it was a pleasure. Thank yeah. you for having me. I had fun talking to him. It was more of a friendly discussion about the topics we love, so it was very enjoyable for me. Anyways, thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast. See you all soon. Thank you for tuning in.